This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host, Chris Simpson, and joining me today is Carol Thistle. Hello! And unfortunately, listeners, I was right. I'm pretty sure I called it last week. I've certainly been saying it all week to you, Cara. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a draw, and unfortunately, it was two all um, away at Leeds. I mean, not a necessarily that bad a result, but um, obviously, it would have been nice to get the win and, you know, just take that extra step further towards confirming top four place. But yeah. Two all draw. Good game though. Exciting game. Yeah, exciting game. End to end. It, it was unusual that Newcastle didn't have any goals from open play. To be honest, um, I thought Leeds looked really threatening for a lot of that match, and so obviously so did Newcastle. But the fact that both goals came from penalties, I think it's that big Sam factor, isn't it? Because yeah. they were, um, you know, Leeds were a lot more defensively solid. I mean, let's face it. You know, Leeds have got one of the worst records in the division. Uh, defensively, you know, for the last month or so, I think the only team that haven't basically hasn't battered them is like Leicester. Yep. And then obviously, obviously, they only lost two one at Man City, which again, just something of an achievement. But yeah, they did limit us in terms of the number of clear cut chances we had, apart from the penalties. And thankfully for us, yeah, they were a bit you know a bit of clumsy defending here and there in terms of just those moments that to give the penalties away. Um, and thankfully, we were able to capitalise. But yeah, you know. West, uh, West. <laughs> Leeds getting the the lead about seven minutes in through through that sort of uh, rebounded effort from Luke Ayling. Just yeah, I mean how uh, how <laughs> Nick Pope did well to keep that initial one out, and then you know unfortunately Ayling was just he was the quickest to react, and I mean he could hardly miss from there to be honest. But um, yeah, no, it's some really good play, um, and then obviously the the foul by Jolington as well in the area, which mean, meant there was a penalty. Um, it was actually not a bad penalty from Bamford. I think the height was quite kind to Pope, but the placement was good. So Pope did manage to pull off quite quite a big save there, and that obviously, yeah, that, knowing the score now, could have potentially meant that Leeds won. But yeah, it was, that was a, that was a big moment in that game. If you know, if Leeds get a two nil lead again, the way they were defending, I know they then gave away two penalties. But again, three penalties in a match is not. There was usual, a lot, of, a lot yeah, of incident yeah. in that game, yeah. Um, um, and obviously the red card later on, but only one red card and three penalties. I don't know, it just feels like there should have been another one there. I feel like that would have made it better. <laughs> well, thankfully there wasn't, certainly for us anyway. Yeah, because then we then get in front through two Callum Wilson penalties. And again, I think both of them were penalties. I mean, the first one, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think he was just, he was going, he was trying to clear the ball, but he just absolutely swings his leg obviously gets nowhere near the ball catches Isaac I think that's that's a clear penalty for me I think it screams of the, the panic of Leeds defensively yeah. especially like they'd, they'd worked really hard that match up until that point and then all of a sudden oh my god let's just swing at that ball and get rid of it and, and I think that's the panic that, that the defence had and I suppose it's the panic that that, that Newcastle's strikers can now put into defenders obviously yes. you know, Leeds are desperate um, as well but yeah, it's it's just it's a shame 
for them, I feel that it was just that that snap knee jerk reaction. Yeah, and then you know what Junior Furpo was thinking for the handball for the second Callum Wilson penalty. Yeah, just was completely needless again thankful that it you know went for us but just quite baffling and then unfortunately for us they then get a, a hefty slice of luck with their equaliser the the Rasmus uh, Christensen shot obviously takes a, a fair old deflection off, off Kieran Trippier's mm-hmm. face basically or something yeah, off, I off his head I don't think um, he knew what had happened yeah so that was <laughs> unfortunate I, I think probably deserved from Leeds point of view but unfortunate for us um and then Furper actually then his afternoon got even worse in injury time with that foul on Anthony Gordon and got his marching orders. Unfortunately for us, it was a bit too late to really sort of capitalise on, yeah, on the man just, advantage. Just outside the air, which I think was the correct call. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought, considering how many incidents there were, I actually thought the refereeing was, was pretty solid. It felt like there was quite a lot of control in the game. Again, if you look at the stats, it seems like it must have been all over the place. Might have been like a scrap here and there. But actually, it seemed like the... You know that the refing team actually had that quite well under control, and everything seemed fair. Yeah, and I think that that makes a difference. And so, Lord knows they had enough decisions to make on the day, and, exactly. and thankfully, I, I think ultimately all the major ones were were made correctly. Um, and yeah, nice for Callum Wilson, a little milestone for him. Obviously, he got his brace that took him to seventeen Premier League goals for the season. That is the most by a player for Newcastle in a single league season since Alan Shearer back in two thousand four when mm-hmm. he got twenty two. So that was. Um, a nice little milestone for him, I guess, because yeah, it's it's been a long time coming for uh, for Newcastle fans to see that. Only only what five more, five more to five. <laughs> How many games you got left? Yeah, three left. I mean, yeah, one of them's against Yeah, we're definitely doing more than. Let's just get it in one match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you never know. Um, you never know. Vardy might just start and then just do what Vardy does. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll we'll get to that shortly, but. Um, in the meantime, actually, again, yeah, a bit more incident actually, which was a, was was a bit unsavoury actually. Um, a, a fan, a Leeds fan, has been charged with assault after he uh, pushed or sort of shoved Eddie Howe uh, during the draw with Leeds. He managed to get into Newcastle's technical area um, during injury time and, and confront Eddie Howe. Uh, Leeds have if, issued him a, a lifetime ban, uh, and then police have charged him with assault and for entering the field of play. So, just to make this clear, I assume that this is a Leeds fan. Yes. Incident. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and he's going to appear before um, magistrates on the 21st of July. Uh, I mean, I suppose there's not really much else to say other than that. I think Eddie Howe, I mean, from his post-match comments, I think he was just slightly shocked and surprised more than anything. I just don't understand this Um, whole male ego thing of like, I will push you (laughs) and make my boobies big by pushing my arch of my spine (laughs) outwards. I just don't like... Just, it seemed a bit <laughs> bizarre and a bit unnecessary to me, to be honest. Um, there wasn't a really nasty I, I don't game. Think, I, I mean, like, yeah, there was, it was lots of. There was I'd a say lot of lots heart. of incident. There was a lot of heart from both teams, but I don't feel like it was that scrappy ankle bitery nature that you get teams like Man United doing um, when they get frustrated. I felt like it was just both teams giving their all. Yeah, it, yeah, whatever. Dude. It seemed a, a bit of a strange one to me as well, but. Um, Oh yeah, lifetime ban. Um, he's not going to be back. Uh, I think that's watching good. F- football live anytime soon, which is exactly. Uh, and I think that's good, which is um, good. for Leeds as well. Uh, obviously, you uh, coming straight out with that. I know, obviously, they'd have to anyway. Um, but I think it, it's it's really good to see them them openly doing this. Everybody knows what the result exactly. is. This is what they expect from their fans, and if you can't abide by that and keep it safe for everybody, then jog on. 
Well, exactly. At the end of the day, you can't have fans coming onto the pitch or onto into the technical area and start shoving people. I mean, well, you don't want them. You should, they shouldn't be confronting them at all. But certainly, even if it's only a push or a shove, you know, you can't allow any, you know, that sort of physical um, thing in particular. So. Um, yeah, not much more really to say there, but a slightly unsavoury end to what was a, a really entertaining game, to be honest. Mm. Um, enlightened news, something that has uh, given us a few chuckles this week, and I'm sure probably has you as well, listeners. But if you haven't seen it, Newcastle assistant boss Jason Tindall being the target of a pretty hilarious uh, Twitter account. I feel like him calling it a target is someone's noticed this yes. and, and pointed out and actually <laughs> yes he does <laughs> but yeah just so I can actually get the name out this is the account if you haven't seen it listeners go on Twitter have a search for it this is Jason Tindall desperate to be centre of attention uh, the, the account actually I, I scrolled back I did a investigative journalism uh, I scrolled back on Twitter he's been tweeting this, about this since January but it was only this this week really that it, it went sort of somewhat viral um, and it's but yeah, it, it is funny because yeah, it's just been poking fun of um, Jason Tindall basically just always trying to be in the middle of team photos, uh, always stood next to Eddie Howe on the touchline, and a quite a few actually incidents of of him shaking other managers' hands before Eddie Howe has. He just uh, seems like he has a massive ego. Yeah, well, I've I, I've compiled a, a few of the either tweets or retweets from this account because it's also been retweeting oh, people I've, who've been I've just seen that criticising them it's spectacular yeah well do you want to read that one no I feel like it'll come better with, with your calmer tone because <laughs> alright well yeah so some of these include <laughs> Jason Tindall has a Grey Goose vodka phone case please tell me that one's real oh, oh well uh, these are all just people tweeting them they're, okay. they're all these are real quotes no but people. I really want that I'm not saying real. it's real and no, real but I really want that one to be real he probably has a picture of his own face on his phone. I mean let's be honest his lock screen and his home screen are all that uh, so yeah some others include <laughs> why does Jason Tindall constantly stand on the touchline alongside Hal such a beta cook of a gaff <laughs> uh, Jason Tindall lower league turd burglar <laughs> Uh, someone else called him a narcissistic bell. <laughs> I think that one sums it up pretty nicely. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, also, some others. Uh, Newcastle playing on telly, so it's time to tweet that Jason Tindall has a pretty good argument for being the worst person in football. It's just honestly though, <laughs> it's that type of person, and we've we've all we all know them at work. That type of person who doesn't really do that much, to be <laughs> honest, but has to get their face in everything. You may have heard them as the brown noses golden bollocks all those other things they don't really do that much but they will 100% try and take credit for everything even if it's not them yeah <laughs> and uh, yeah final one was just yeah once you see it you cannot unsee it which I think is also very true because you really can't unsee it now and then they, re- they tweeted an amazing video actually from when we played Bournemouth um, not too long ago when uh, it was Bournemouth by Gary O'Neill just blanking him in, he was like, and then uh, so that he could shake Eddie Howe's hand first, and then like the way like the sky cameras like put it in slow mo was actually like really hilarious. Someone needs to have a word with him. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> like, like wheel it in. <laughs> it was funny as well because like Newcastle got in on it, like tweeting about him, like the the, the goat picture of him just stood on the touchline. <laughs> BT Sport, even Athletic Bilbao, who I think we had a, a friendly with like last summer or whatever, even they were getting in on it in Twitter. Um, and yeah, it gave us a few laughs. I mean, it sounds like Eddie Howe and the Newcastle staff have had a good laugh at it as well this week. How was 
he was speaking uh, to be fair he was sort of talking about how like earlier in their career basically it was just the two of them and they kind of had to do everything together and including like five hour car journeys to go and like watch players and all this kind of stuff so like you know and, and, and to again just for balance like a West Ham fan who has no reason to actually jump in and defend Jason Tindall um, I think he was a West Ham fan anyway was sh- shared a video of him running over to like give some fans a shirt so like to for charity and stuff but like it was funny and you can't unsee it you can't every time now I don't know maybe maybe that all this exposure means that he's actually going to remain in his seat for the time being but you know we'll, we'll see we'll, we'll see. wait with bated breath no one but, now actually cares about the football it's just going to be seeing Tindall is is He's, he's the spectacle man. Yeah. Is he going to shake that guy's hand first? <laughs> well, we know that Big Sam didn't, because in fact, actually, the account even tweeted "Mission Accomplished" with a video of Sam shaking Eddie Howe's hand first. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, he's kind of shot himself in on. the foot now, hasn't he? Really. <laughs> One to definitely keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, that was that gave everyone, I think, a big laugh this week. So if you haven't seen it, listeners, then get yourself on Twitter and have a look because uh, it will give you a bit of a chuckle. Um, but yeah, in the meantime. We've got two big games coming up. We've only got three games left this don't, season. Don't lie, you've got one big game left. We know we've got two big games for. Well, it's a big game for you, but it's quite a big game for us as well. Is it? But yeah, <laughs> we're, we're at home to Brighton on Thursday, and then Wester next Monday. Um, and yeah, so in terms of the the top four race, three games left, and we are um, four points clear of Liverpool. Liverpool. Do play you tomorrow night. Mm. Uh, peek, we'll peek behind the curtain, listeners. We are recording this on the Sunday, so at the time of recording, well, Brighton are literally playing Arsenal as we speak, and Liverpool haven't played Leicester yet. If you want to do us and yourselves, more importantly, a big favour, that'd be really helpful. But yeah, as I say, we are uh, four points clear of Liverpool before Monday night's game. Um, so that's the sort of situation. So as things currently stand, we need two wins from our final three games uh, to guarantee top four obviously if Liverpool do mess up then I hope so you know, but it's probably not going to happen yeah, if, we if, are relegated as I say <laughs> Le- Leicester aren't out to do us a favour but if they can do themselves a favour and do us one in the process on Monday night that'd be, that'd be awesome but uh, yeah so as I say let's assume Liverpool win their remaining three games Liverpool have had a pretty awful season but they have got a lot of momentum they have won quite a few games in a row currently let's assume that they do it as I say we need six points from our remaining three games and like I said we've got back-to-back home games don't get me wrong Chelsea are pretty crap as well but we don't want to you don't want to leave it to the final day away no. at Chelsea I know Chelsea no. are bad but that's not a play you don't want to have to go to Stamford Bridge on a final day of the season needing points no. you know so if we can guarantee it before then that would be great. So yeah, as I say, we've got Brighton coming up first, and you know they have had a, been having a really good season, but they've had a few wobbles recently, haven't they? You know, um, three wins in their last six games could be four wins in their last seven if they, as I say, they're currently playing Arsenal as we speak. It's nil nil at the time of recording. We will see how that one pans out, listeners. We'll check at the end just so we can wreck on this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. As I said, they've had a few wobbles recently, including you know that five-one absolute battering yeah, at know, home to Everton, which was a Jesus, could they not have just done yeah, which there. was a big <laughs> surprise um, for everyone really. So, like I can say it's going to be a tough game, but Brighton have shown in recent weeks they're not you know infallible. We've certainly got a chance of that one, especially again we're at home, we're playing well, we're certainly playing well at home. Yeah, it could be it could be an interesting one. I mean. It, 
I feel that they're going to have like a lot to play for. I think they're well, that's the thing. All the pride. They, they've got nothing to lose. They've got everything to gain. So they're going to go all for it. Well, that's the thing. Including the Arsenal game, Brighton have got five games left this season. They've they've mm-hmm. got two games in hand. So they've got all a lot. Of, they've got five games to basically cram in in the space of two weeks. One of which is us. But again, if they finish strongly, top four doesn't seem likely. But they could still finish fifth. Again, they could still overtake Liverpool if they, um, if Brighton do win all their home games. Again, probably aren't going to beat Arsenal. But hey, maybe that'll age, it'll have aged poorly. <laughs> by even by the time I'm editing this, we will see. But I'm just saying, there's a lot of Arsenal players rolling around on the floor apparently, according <laughs> to the live chat at the moment. So, but yeah, like I say, so that one's um, it's a big one. It's going to be a tough one, but it is doable. And then. Yeah, I'm sorry to say, Cara, because you know I, you know more than anyone, I don't normally talk about Newcastle with this much confidence. Oh no, we're so good. Luke. I can't see us not beating you. No, no. Oh, um, next no. Monday, you're really bad, and I'm no, sorry no. to say that no, we're because going, we're going down. I want Leicester to stay up, listeners. I don't think they're going to do it. A side note: League One goes into Championship, right? Yes. Okay. Peterborough have just won the playoffs. Yes. Leicester are probably going down. That means we can go and see Leicester play Peterborough. Yeah. Whoop. <laughs> so there are positives. Silver lining. Yeah. <laughs> and then we can go and watch Peterborough play at Leicester as well. We could watch both games. There we go. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. I've just, I've mentally checked out the fact that Leicester is shite. Um... But yeah. Well, I mean, on that note, I mean, you've not, you've not had a good record recently, have you? Was it? Recently, we haven't had a good record for the most. Let's be honest, the whole season. But it's been particularly bad since we've come back from from Christmas, really, or from the World yeah. Cup. Which is a shame because that was the the one time you actually had a decent spell was just before the World Cup, yeah. and then and then we got screwed. But up, really. yeah, I mean, Leicester have literally won only one game since the eleventh of February. Yeah. Um. So basically, in three months. Um. Which yeah, he's not he's not great for their chances. They've shipped sixty four goals this season. Yeah. Uh, and again, you're going to play Liverpool on Monday night, so that is likely to get worse given the way you're both playing. Um, and yeah, one of the worst defensive records in the league, not the worst, but not far off. Bit close. <laughs> um, and it's yeah, it's it's as I say, you're not down yet, but it is a shame. But yeah, I no offense, I can't see us not beating you. In that game, the, the only positive from that is the likelihood that Madison will probably go to you. I mean, from a Newcastle point of view, like I said I want West to stay up, but from a Newcastle point of view, because we, I mean, look, people are going to be lining up to if Leicester go down. And to be honest, even if you stay up, you're going to have to sell some big players oh, just yeah. for the funding. Yeah, but definitely, we're, we're if in you a go down, financial situation anyway. People like Madison, Tillemans maybe Harvey Barnes a few others oh, I think Vardy, Vardy will stay given his age all the rest of it Barnes and will go you, you're going to have to sell some big players and people are going to be lining up to basically cherry pick you of those good players given our the fact that we've been linked a lot with Madison on a selfish note I would be happy if we do snap him up from you in the summer mm-hmm. again I want Wester to stay up and again I think even if you do stay up I think Madison will probably whether he, whether he wants to or not will probably be sold because you'll want the money. Yeah. Um, it probably again selfishly it probably it'll help us because you'll be more desperate for the money if you go down, which means that probably knocks ten million quid off the price. I think at a certain point it's not even. But 
it isn't. Yeah. Right. It, anyway, <laughs> two, two, two big games for Newcastle in terms of if we can confirm top four. Yeah, two big. Well, every game now is big for Leicester until until it's mathematically um, beyond you. But again, you've got Liverpool, you've got us, and then you've got West Ham on the final day. But you might be down by then. Um, I'm sorry to say, but yeah, uh, well, maybe maybe this to, will age poorly, listeners. And when we reconvene we next win. week, Leicester will have beaten All us. All three. <laughs> um, and you know, what, if you beat Liverpool, I will allow it. <laughs> As if that matters. Anyway. Next pod, we could be we could have top four guaranteed. We will have to just wait and see. Yeah, it will certainly take the pressure off for the final day. And again, it, it's on Liverpool as well, and it depends what they do uh, in their games. But yeah, we're just gonna have to wait and see. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, in the meantime, if you could give the podcast a like and subscribe and give us a positive review, that'd be amazing. We've been Magpies Unrestricted. Um, there might be a fair bit of Leicester chat as well next week. We'll have to see what happens in the meantime. There won't be. There'll just be Leicester crying. <laughs> but there we go. But yeah, I've I've been your host, Chris Simpson. Thank you, Cara. No problem. And thank you, listeners. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.